Good morning. Stand up. We're going to sing our new call to worship. It's called Made to Worship. We'll start with the drums, and then we'll all trickle in, and we'll start singing together. The words will be on the screen. Join us. Now, this is a um, kind of guy-girl song. The guys will be the leaders for the first verse, and the girls will echo, and we'll sing the choruses together. Second verse, girls will be the leaders, and then guys can echo. So follow the screen for me. With all of my heart With all 
sitting next to you you don't know find out well maybe you do and get something to eat and uh children we invite you to come forward for a few moments of sharing rest of you greet each other Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good? <laughs> well, I have a question for you guys. Have you all ever had to make up your mind or make a decision about something? You haven't? Maybe like what you wore this morning? Did you decide what you wore or did your mom or dad bring it to you? Your mom and dad brought you brought it to you. Your mom and dad. Did anybody make their own mind up? Did anybody have? Did you decide? I had to decide too, and it was tough. Yeah, I wanted to stay in my PJs, didn't you? We couldn't do that, could we? We had to change and put on our clothes and put on something nice. But sometimes we have to make decisions, and eventually we'll have to make big decisions, like what house we're going to live in and where we work, where we'll have a job. Does anybody have a job now? Yeah. Oh, you have a job. You have a job? What's your job? Um, um, cleaning up. Cl cleaning up. All right. Well, good, good, good. What's your job? Do you have to clean up, too? That's my job at my house. Yeah, I have to, I have to clean up. What's your job? I have several jobs. You have several jobs. A lot of rooms. You don't have just your room. A lot of rooms. Well, that's good. Well, we all. One day you'll have to have a job where where you have to go to work and you have a boss, and it may not be your mom or dad, right? It might be somebody else. But you'll have to make some big decisions. And one way that you can make a decision is by flipping a coin. Has anybody ever done that? Hey, I, I can. You can. You have a coin. Good. Well, I have a quarter. Okay. Does everybody know what a quarter looks like? How much is a quarter worth? 25, right? 25 cents, okay. So if we flip it, can you flip it? You want to try it? So if we were making a decision of what we were going to wear, and heads is going to be our blue shirt, and tails is going to be our pink shirt, go ahead and flip. Just flip it up. There you go. Okay, well today we're going to wear our blue shirt, all right? But now sometimes we have pretty big decisions. And did you know that in the Bible, that God told us how to, that he is going to help us make decisions? Did y'all know that? He gave us instructions on what to do so that he can help us make decisions, so that we can make better decisions than just flipping a coin, okay? All right, so this is how what he said in Matthew 7. Okay, this is way back in the back of the Bible, okay? Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find knock and the door will be open for you. So he gave us some instructions in that, in that verse, okay? So when we're making a decision, when we're making our minds up, all right, and our parents aren't helping us, we ask, 
Okay, so we pray to God, and we ask him to tell us what to do. Then we search. Where do you think we go and look for the answer? What you think about right here? What do you think about this book right here? This might be a good place for us to go search for the answer. So we're going we're to pray to God first. We're going to ask him. Then we're going to search for the answer in the Bible. Okay? And then we're going to knock on the door. We're going to take that opportunity. We're going to take that chance. Okay? And we're going to trust that God led us to the right door. Okay? So, he, so not only do we have, we, can't, we don't have to just flip a coin. We can actually get God's word and to help us make decisions. Okay? So let's pray. You ready? Repeat after me. Y'all ready? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Dear Lord, help us to remember to ask you for the answers to the hard decisions that we make daily. Amen. Hey, good morning. I want to give a shout out to four fine young men, three of which I think maybe Stephen's not here, but three of which are here this morning. Back when we had the family life picnic and the youth auction, I bought four young men, the, the Hannon brothers, Mr. Clay Camp and Stephen Connett. And they came over to our house yesterday and they worked like dogs okay and they did in four hours what Libby and I could probably would have taken us a month to do and Benny you were right it cost a lot of money to feed them they ate 43 dollars worth of hot dogs <laughs> so thanks thanks mercy well it's good to see everybody um I want to give you an opportunity to share any prayer concerns that you might have. Uh, our ushers have index cards, and if you will lift your hand, they'll hand you one along with a pen or pencil if you need it, and write something down, and I'll be glad to share your prayer concern uh, with all of us that are here today. Hope that you will, and also we will be passing our attendance registration pad shortly as well. I hope you will think of uh, staying around for Sunday school today at 10 o'clock, and then our um, traditional worship service is at 11 o'clock, and you're invited to remain for that as well. Um, The Partners in Faith, I think that's the class, is going off today for Paris Mountain State Park for an afternoon of sweat. I mean, of fun. <clears throat> so that will be good. And I heard there's a gang of those folks going, 40-something of them. That's just great. Um, the, the newly reorganized United Methodist men are collecting male shoes, big men's shoes, 10 and bigger size, um, for Triune Mercy Center, which is connected with the United Methodist Church to help some folks uh, on the street who don't have shoes. So we need to, uh, to collect some. Uh, if you have serviceable shoes that aren't totally worn out, uh, you're invited to bring them here to church. There's some collection boxes in the back, and then we will take them down to Triune. 
Um, Martha Leonard, church member, is in the coronary care unit at Greenville uh, Memorial Hospital. She had some kind of a major problem yesterday, and so there, there are a bunch of tests planned for this week. And I uh, ask you to remember her uh, in prayer. Bible school coming up a week from today. Starts next Sunday. Great. Andy has a recognition to make at this time of high school graduates. Morning. We have four graduating seniors this year, um, two of which are here. I'm going to briefly uh, just announce the names and the school that uh, the other two are graduating from. Um, Joey Baldwin is graduating from Greer High School, and Hayden Clark is graduating from Chapman High School. Um, I'm going to ask as I announce the other two, as I announce their names, that they stand so we can all see them. Um, Eric Four is graduating from Greer High School. Yes. Plans to go to Greenville Tech next year and stay involved in the community here at Memorial and the community here at Greer. And I assume he'll probably still be working up at the golf course some. No. Oh, going to give the high school job up. All right. Excellent. Um, next we have Luke Hannon, who is graduating also from Greer High School. Luke is graduating with honors and headed off to Clemson to uh, begin his journey through the pre-pharmacy um, and hopes to, in what, eight, nine, twelve years, become a pharma- pharmacist? I think it's more like seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight years be a pharmacist. So um, We're very proud of you and your accomplishments, and we know that uh, going forth from Memorial and Greer High, Greer High School that you're going to do big things uh, in your prospective circles. want to take a moment to introduce some new church members to you. Uh, Terry and Diane, would you all stand? Terry and Diane Arthur, they got a great last name. <clears throat> uh, come to us from the United Methodist Church, Collings? Collierville. Outside of Memphis. Big website. I went to look up the church and it's, uh, it's a big concern. But um, uh, Terry and Diane have uh, come on up here so I can shake your hand. Terry and Diane have moved into our community uh, this last uh, wintertime, I guess, sometime, and have come now to join our church. And just want to give you the right hand of fellowship, as they say. Now, if you're ready, I'll get the ushers to collect your prayer cards, and we'll have our time in prayer. Am I leaving anything out that I need to announce? Anybody know anything? Thank you. You got them all? If yours isn't written down, you certainly remember that God hears our hearts. So you be sure to share your concern with uh, your Heavenly Father today. Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you not only love us just as we are, 
but you teach us the best way to live. And we're grateful for both of those things. We sometimes get a little confused about what you want, and we think that our relationship with you is based on what we do instead of on love. Help us to get that straight in our minds, and then help us always to remember that when we love someone, we naturally do those things which that other person or that that one that we love finds helpful and good and caring. So we would pray that as we feel your love for us, we might respond in love and that our works will follow us in showing that we love you. These are our prayers for this day. We pray for our troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for the Watson family as they go through their lifestyle change. We pray for Larry Hatcher of Hatcher Roofing in Greenville who fell 30 feet and is in critical condition up in Asheville. We pray for the youth mission trips to South Dakota and Georgia. We pray for Martha and Ronnie Leonard. We pray for Gloria Swangler as she fights terminal cancer. We pray for Ralph Pruitt as he has cancer surgery this week. We pray for Clyde Dobson for his continued improvement and recovery. We pray for Diane Powell with the recent death of her sister. We pray for the people of Belize under the wrath of Tropical Storm Arthur. We pray for Buddy Watson in his battle to recover from a collapsed lung. Lord, these are our prayers and others that we now send your way in our thoughts and in our hearts and minds. As we pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, I knew I forgot something this morning. I usually print out the scripture. So I'll have to read it from this angle. From Romans 3, hear these words. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of the Jews only? And then from Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." Sermon title is, in, is uh, The Faith Works Conflict. <clears throat> As a child at Whitney Elementary School on the outskirts of Spartanburg, I had trouble understanding some of my friends. One of my best friends, Michael, could never participate in square dancing with us. Back in the 1950s, There were competitions among the different schools, so gym classes were given over to square dancing about twice a year. Michael was always excused from those classes. I learned later on that his family went to a church that prohibited dancing of any kind, and that is why he couldn't participate. There were a few students who couldn't join in our Christmas celebrations because although they believed in Christ, Their church didn't believe in celebrating the holiday. Some of my friends couldn't do anything on Sunday afternoons. They were not even allowed to play baseball with me on Sundays. And that was the day that my dad and I had the most time to be together and play ball. Some of my friends couldn't play old maids or any other card game with me ever. Others couldn't eat a hot dog with me on Fridays unless it was a fish hot dog. When I got a little older, I was surprised to learn that some of my friends doubted the validity of my faith because I didn't follow all the same strict rules that they did. It was very confusing to me. Among Christians of different flavors, there have always been conflicts centered around uh, how strict one had to be in observing outward laws and whether inward belief is all that mattered. That sign, by the way, right there, no singing, no dancing, no swearing, along with no spitting, is in a business over in Gaffney. Uh, Our Gaffney folks aren't here today. I could have had fun with that. But um, anyway, Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, and James, the blood brother of Jesus disagreed with one another on this subject. James expected all people, including Gentile converts to Christianity, to be very strict in the way they lived and to observe all the laws of Judaism, while Paul said that works really didn't matter anymore because faith in Jesus was all that was important now. Listen to these leaders in their own words. 
Paul said, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from observing the law. A person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But from James, we hear this emphasis. Do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Early in uh, the first century, like the church today, uh, we are pulled in two directions by powerful factions one that emphasizes the freedom that comes through faith and the other emphasizing strict observance to religious customs. The church in the Middle Ages was likewise divided. The Roman Catholic Church had become very legalistic, requiring certain customs, rites, and sacraments to be observed in order to to be saved. Protestant leaders emphasized salvation through faith in Christ alone. Now, I attended a Lutheran seminary in Columbia. Just down the road from us was Columbia. It wasn't called this back then. It's now called Columbia International University. It's a school similar to Bob Jones. The Lutheran seminary were avid followers of St. Paul. Columbia International is very strict, like James. Basketball teams from both schools played against each other, and the Lutheran students used to like to flaunt their Christian liberty in front of the Bible college students. And they did so with their salty language, their cigarettes, and occasionally their beverages. The Columbia International students were on their best behavior, attempting to show us men from the seminary, and it was mostly men in those days, Uh, how they thought that we were supposed to behave as proper Christians. It got right humorous sometimes. Well, which is right? Are we called to liberty or rigidity, to faith or works? Now, the matter doesn't get much clearer when we look at the words of Jesus either. In answering a question of what God requires of us, Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. But Jesus also said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Jesus told one man that he must be born again to have eternal life, but he told another man to go and sell all his possessions and give the money to the poor, and only then would he have eternal life. Even in Jesus' own words, we find this tension between faith 
and works. And I believe that's how we must leave it in order to be spiritually mature. It cannot be faith or works. It must be faith and works or faith with works. Those Christians who have taken Paul's ideas to their extremes have become people of lawlessness and immorality who taught that it no longer matters how we live or what we do. Everything is permissible. Nothing is wrong. On the other hand, those who've taken James's ideas to their logical conclusion have become rigid, unforgiving, legalistic, fearful, judgmental people. The strict followers of James dry up, but the strict followers of Paul are in danger of blowing up. Somewhere in the middle of this tug of war lies the truth and the real road to spiritual maturity. Sometimes I need to hear the words of James reminding me that Christian liberty from the law is not an excuse to become lazy or slack in my behavior. Other times I need to hear the words of Paul reminding me that after I've done my best, I still need to trust in God's grace and not in my own goodness. I need both James and Paul for balance. I think the place to begin is with Paul's point of view and remember that good works has never saved anybody. No matter how good, much good you and I do, I still don't do enough to deserve God's love. To deserve God's love, I would have to be absolutely perfect. And believe it or not, I'm not perfect. Ha ha. Thank goodness there is another way to find assurance of God's love. And that other way is realizing that God has just chosen to love us. It's his choice. Parents don't love their children because their children deserve it. They love their, their children because that's just what parents do. Loving us is just what God does. Saving us is just natural for what God does. When I believe that simple truth, I feel such freedom from guilt and sin. And I, I find that wonderful assurance that I have been given eternal life. I'm going to live eternally with God. And I don't have to do anything for God to love me. But just so that I don't take that message to mean that I can just live any way I please and be lazy, I now need to hear James's point of view. If I have faith in my heart and if I love God, then my hands and feet ought to testify to that fact. How can I claim to really believe in Christ and not be concerned about the things that Christ cares about? James says even the devil believes in God that way. And we know Satan doesn't care about God's will being done. It is the ones who call Jesus Lord and who practice doing God's will who have true faith in God, who really love God, who really want to show him how they love him through their lives. One of the songs that we sing out here in the early morning is, uh, I want to show, say these words, I want to show you just how much I love you. I want to show you with my life. One of the best motivations for living the life is that that is one concrete way that we can show God that we love him 
whenever we do a good deed, that is a way for us to remember that we're saying to God, Lord, thank you for your gift of love. Please accept this good deed as a way of my saying thanks to you. Life should be all about giving thanks to God through how we live. There's another good reason for obeying the word of God. Jesus said those who hear the word of God and put it, those words into practice are like a wise man who built a house upon a rock. When the storms of life come, as they do come to all of us, then that person will be able to withstand the storm. But those who do not practice what Jesus preached are like those who built a house on sand A storm comes and washes away the foundation of the house, and the whole house collapses. A friend of mine uh, used to own a house down at Holden Beach in North Carolina, just below Wilmington. It was a second-row house. It wasn't on the beach. But several hurricanes have come through there, and those houses on the first row began to look like this as the beach came on in. Before my friend sold his house, he had a beachfront house because the beach came in and took away that first row and the road in front of it. And uh, so, uh, yes, his, the value of his house shot way up. Um, but the, the value of about 15 or 20 homes went way down as they were washed away or had to be torn down or moved. Uh, Jesus said that uh, a wise person builds a house upon rock that doesn't wash away. It is natural that our Heavenly Father would want us to have the best life possible. What parent doesn't want that for our children? Why do we parents knock ourselves out trying to teach our children right from wrong? It's not for our benefit, it's for theirs. We who have related to God through faith can now build our houses of faith upon good deeds and good habits enabling our faith and our lives to survive. Being doers and not just hearers of the word means that while we depend entirely upon God's grace for salvation, we obey his word when we decide how we are going to live our lives, and we can avoid many problems by following his simple teachings. Well, Paul also said that since we are different as to how strict we are, we need to love each other, and allow for the differences of opinion. If you don't want to square dance, that ought to be okay. And if you do want to square dance, that ought to be okay. There were some things that Paul could do that James said he could never do. How we need to learn to love and accept one another in our differences. Sometimes I need to hear Paul's message, and other times I need to hear James. Thanks be unto God that by faith we are saved, and that Through faith we are called to obedient living, whereby we build strong lives of Christian character that enables us to stand up when the storms of life come our way. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
Demonstrate by your life that you belong to Jesus. Amen.